Welcome to the latest episode of At Home, the podcast. We're glad that you joined us today. In the words of the Princess Bride, marriage is what brings us together today. You guys seen that movie uh, ever? Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Just that's what came to my mind when I was thinking about the fact we're going to talk about marriage today. So a big episode, Dustin, you wrote some blog posts about this uh, earlier this week, and we want to sit down and, and have a conversation today about the topic of marriage. So we're glad that you joined us. Guys, let's let's kind of go around the table. Talk to us a little bit. What, what do you remember? What's a takeaway from your wedding day? So Francie and I got married in 2014. It was June 21st and rain was on the horizon. So I remember trying to get our, our photos taken before the rain. Um, one thing that sticks out to my mind is her dad was was writing our names on this big boulder that he was going to move to like the front of, um, I don't know where people walk in. And he asked me, how do I spell my name? Which I thought that was funny. And I spelled it B-R-A-N-T. And, and her grandpa, who I was standing right next to goes, ah, you're funny. And I go, no, that's how you spell my name. And he goes, your name's Brent. And I said, no, it's, it's Brant. It's always been Brant. And he goes, really? And I said, yeah. And he proceeded to call me Brent from that day on still. It didn't matter. No, but we had a, we had a beautiful wedding. It was outside. Um, it, it poured down rain after our ceremony, but we were under a tent and it was super hot that day anyway. So I think the rain kept people there because they couldn't leave while it was pouring down rain or they didn't want to. And yeah, we danced the night away. It was fun. Mm. What a story. Brent in a tent. Well done. <laughs> well done. You're so good off the top. Uh, yeah, ours, ours, similar. Uh, it was an outdoor wedding with weather not looking super promising leading up to the day, but it, it ended up being a beautiful day. Um, September 12th, uh, 2000. Wow. I messed that up. September 14th. Oh, man. Wow. Oh, 2012. Man. And we're not starting over. We're not starting over. <laughs> uh, we're sorry, Sharice. Man, this is what she's got to deal with every day. So uh, a, a funny story about our wedding day was that me and all the all the groomsmen stayed at her aunt and uncle's lake house while they were all getting ready at the venue because we I mean the guys really guys no. just show up you I mean we know we up. just show up and so she was trying to keep us away as long as possible so that we didn't mess anything up <laughs> so it's about I don't know a couple hours before and this is at a lake house and so it was a nice morning we thought man it'd be fun just to go you know run off the little pier there and and jump off and catch some footballs before mm. before the before I have to be there this for pictures. This is September, right? September. Mm -hmm. so it's a nice day. So we're doing this and then they're like, okay, hey, we need to get going. I said, okay, one more time. I'm going to run out one more time and catch, catch one more. So I run out, I jump. Right before I jump, I felt something on my foot, but I was like, whatever, I got I to gotta complete the pass. Here That's right. So I caught it, land in the water. I get out, look at my foot. Uh, there's a massive gash in the bottom of my foot because there was a nail oh, that nobody no. had stepped on yet. And so my dad comes running down. He just shakes his head, runs back in, comes back out, has a bunch of gauze and duct tape. Kid <gasps> you not. Throws the gauze on my foot, wraps my foot in duct tape, and says, throw a sock on it. <laughs> and so we did, and we, we made it work. It was great. Oh. So she didn't know about it until afterwards. So yeah, I was, I was, I was dancing. We made it through. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> Ice and Advil were on the on the docket. So. And what day was that again? Wedding day. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. date. The, the date. The date that we got married. Yeah. It was in September. <laughs> the fourteenth. Uh, the fourteenth. Yeah. Yes. Chris, how many years have you been married? Oh, thanks for asking. I've been married twenty-eight years, ten months, and oh. eight days. Oh, you you figured this out yeah. before you got in this room today, yeah. so that we would all look bad, so that you would know the exact. It, it also equates to ten thousand five hundred and thirty-nine days. Wow, guys, I don't know what you're. You He's know, got ink on his hands, everyone. <laughs> I did a little pre-show uh, podcast. Uh, re- so you were research. ready, yeah. yeah, yeah. I wanted to be, guys. I wanted to be prepared for this podcast, <laughs> and so I uh, I did my math. You know, Shauna and I got married, yeah, 28 years ago. We got married in Clorinda, Iowa. That's where her dad was a pastor, and it was about a 10-hour drive from here, December 30th. And so it was right between, for us, it was college break. And so then kind of gave our our, um, roommates and friends a chance to get traveled out there. We got married in a snowstorm. And boy, did it snow. I mean, it really snowed so much so. It was an evening wedding. It was a Friday night. We we started to drive. We decided we were going to take, because we didn't have a lot of time between getting back to school, we decided we're just going to go to Omaha and spend the weekend over there, And which is normally like an hour and a half drive. It took us four-plus hours because it was so snowy. There was a point in time that I was actually driving, and the only thing that was keeping me on the road was I was seeing telephone poles and I was trying to stay between the telephone poles. That's how bad it was. I was convinced, you know, our first night together is going to be in a snowbank, trying to not have hypothermia. (laughs) (laughs) How I saw this playing itself out. One of the cool things about our our wedding though, I think that that made it unique for us was uh, her dad's a pastor. My dad's a pastor. And they both stood on stage and he asked her about, you know, he, he gave her a challenge. My dad gave her a challenge. Her dad gave me a challenge. And uh, they both, they both uh, did the wedding for us. So that was kind of a cool That's opportunity. Cool. Mm-hmm. Well, I had to ask the guys first because see, the guys have a totally different perspective of the wedding day because you guys are all just showing up exactly what it is. But as a woman, you're preparing, you're getting ready, and actually, we sat here and I didn't know if they knew this, but 23 years ago, as of Thursday, I married Dan, and so on my 23 years ago, at this point, I was like probably living and breathing wedding. You know, that's what game you do. Yep. Yeah, it was game time. And so um, if you guys all know, I married Dan. And so he is a farmer. And he got one specific thing on our wedding day on November 9th, uh, 2001. He got one specific to do on his to-do list. And that was the processional. So we um, happened to be in the middle of harvest at that time, but he and his buddies all totally shined up the combine. And we got married down the road here at um, NMC. And so the combine actually fit inside the uh, overhang at the front of the church. And so he even left and he covered the seat. They all waxed it up. They had it all ready. They had the semis ready for the bridesmaids and they had the lifted trucks ready for the groomsmen. And we made a processional after our wedding um, out to Amish Acres down State Road 19 South to US 6 and went through, had the police stop the traffic and we took a ride <laughs> awesome. at US 6 and, awesome. and finished out at uh, Amish Acres. So that was his one to do thing on our wedding and it lives on it lives on good job how how did you convince him to get married during harvest well 
I don't know. We just, I don't actually know. We got engaged. Actually, his two big, his two big wins in our marriage. I'm just going to say. <laughs> two knows. big wins or two only wins? No, I said two, two big, big wins. Okay. Two, I didn't I just say only, make sure honey, it's clear. I love you. Sure I love clear. you. I, this is good because you, you rocked it. I tell the gals downstairs a story was actually, he asked me to marry him on New Year's Eve of 2000, like at midnight, at the stroke of midnight at the Oakwood Inn as the snow fell. Like it was totally Hallmark, like totally. He had it all planned and and he bought me flowers like crazy and I've never gotten another bouquet after that, but that's probably my fault because, you know, it was me stopping it. But he did those two things and nine months later, he rocked the processional out to Amish Acres. So, yeah. So right at the stroke of Y2K, yeah, he proposed. Yeah. I guess I can go either way. Either either the world's going to end or I'm getting married. Yeah. Right? So See, we're good. He, he's smart because he did it on a date that wouldn't be forgotten because yeah. it's easy to know <laughs> <Yeah>. now. Oh. <laughs> New Year's 2023, Eve. 2023. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah, we don't get a lot of opportunities sometimes to celebrate on our anniversary because it is harvest. But, hey, we have good memories. And so today we're going to talk about marriage, Dustin. This is your opportunity. This is your hot take that you wanted to talk, the hot topic you want to talk about. Why don't you take us into this? Sure. Yeah. So I, I don't know if necessarily that the the subject of marriage is, is the hot take as much for me as it is just the whole idea of what it means to have a healthy marriage. And so, I mean, that's something that we have all been able to I mean, you experienced growing up, whether or not you saw that from your own family or other families, it's something that I think that when you get married that we're all striving for, right, is to have a healthy marriage. And so one of the things that I've noticed about our culture, at least in recent years especially, is the focus on the actual wedding day versus the focus on the marriage after the wedding day. So I think it can be really easy to be excited about the wedding day. And of course, why not? I mean, it's an extremely exciting day. I mean, both the families are coming together. It's a huge party. It's an, a celebration. It's an amazing day. And it costs a lot of money. And it costs a lot of money. So it better be worth it for sure. But I think one of the challenges that I try to, I mean, give couples as, as we work through some premarital counseling stuff is guys, as great as the wedding day is, it is ultimately just that it is a day and it's the marriage that's meant to last a lifetime. So in looking at the marriage and if lifetime truly is the goal how do we how do we do that is something like having a healthy marriage is that actually attainable i mean would would couples that have been married for 30 40 50 years say that yeah we believe that we've achieved a healthy marriage what would what would they say have been the reasons for for that and those that maybe haven't experienced that why would they say um that that, that has happened so that's just kind of the focus of the conversation that i wanted to have today just to see what your guys' thoughts are on some of this stuff Right. And I do think the if you're listening and you're like, oh, marriage, and we're discussing this topic that maybe um, you're facing grief and loss because you've lost a spouse, or maybe you're desired marriage and God hasn't brought that about, or maybe you've gone through a really painful um, breakup and past that um, marriage is um, something that I think we have to see from God's point of view, that it was actually created um, by him and to really glorify and be an we're image bearers and living out a relationship with each other. And so I think sometimes um, we get into this, and this is one of the most 
I guess you could really call it a hot topic because it's so sensitive because it really is one of our most vulnerable, most intimate relationships we'll have on this earth. And so don't don't just t- tune us out if you're not married. Actually listen to the conversation because I think it ties to a lot of things that um, we can uh, tie into every everyday relationship too. So go ahead. Right. So I, I guess that's kind of how, how I wanted to start is as you guys look at your own marriages or maybe the marriages of those who you admire or you strive to have your marriage be like, what would you say are some of the characteristics that you think help build a lasting marriage? Yeah, I, I think honesty and transparency um, and just being able to, you know, when God created Adam and Eve and they were in the garden, um, they were naked and unashamed, right? And and when you think about that in a figurative way, I guess and literal, but in a figurative way, you think about who am I able to be naked and unashamed with, right? And, and, and just when I say that, I mean, who am I able to be my complete self with? And I think, you know, Francie is somebody I can be my complete self with. Why? Because I'm, I'm fully honest with her, even when it's not necessarily everything that we agree on, fully transparent with her. Uh, I'm just real with my wife, and she's that way with me. And, and so, I, you know, f- right off the bat, I would just say honesty and transparency and just being able to be vulnerable um, in that state with, with her. Two of the words that I thought of were trust um, and service. Trust because just like what you're saying, Brant, uh, there has to become a climate in your marriage where – I don't have to second guess. What did you mean by this? Like, do you have my best interest in, in mind? Do you have our best interest in mind? Yeah. So trust, being able to, to create that type of a relationship and service. And that's that's kind of setting aside the selfish nature and, and, and doing the actual leaving and cleaving, leaving and uniting. And now I want to make this person on earth my most important person person that I focus on. And so service, I'm selfish by nature. I think we all are selfish by nature. And I think this is a constant battle throughout marriage, but trying to remind ourselves that, man, this is my teammate, put them first, serve them, look for opportunities to lighten their load, not uh, put more burden upon them. So trust and service, those are two key words for me. Well, I'm going to use the words grace and love and on purpose use that order. The reason why is that God gave us grace and that I know that I am, um, I'm going to say this because I make a lot of mistakes and he knows it and I failed Dan many a times in marriage and Dan would say that he's failed me because we are two, and we've said this before, two sinners interacting together, you know, it's that perfect God who brings us in that unity, um, gives us the grace to love each other because we don't always like each other. Mm. And and I say that because I think we have to live in the reality that I don't always like what Dan does. And I don't always like all the the stuff that comes out of, you know, a, a relationship you're living. Uh, and sometimes there's simple things that I have to laugh because a lot of people talk about like the toilet paper turn one way or the other, you know, or different things. And I think we can get stuck on all those little small things. But the reason why grace and love happen is that it flows because I realize who I am and my, my own um, ways that I fail, Dan. And in that he, I have to give him grace when he when I'm disappointed and when I'm hurt and in that our love actually grows because Christ loved me first and 
the only way I can love him is really through that love flowing through me from Christ himself. And I say that because it's real. Um, and I asked Dan, I said, can I be really honest how hard marriage is? And he said, yeah, because Dan and I are very opposites. And I don't know if you married an opposite, but we are very opposite. Chris, did you marry an opposite? I sure did. And that's laughing. actually where I was going to go next. But yeah, I, did, I married an opposite. Did you guys, Brant, Dustin, did you marry opposites? Yes. In a lot of ways, yes. But in some ways, we're very similar. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it's hard. That makes it really hard. And expectations, all those things are hard when you expect somebody to be like you, and they're not. <laughs> so when I actually do premarital counseling, we do a, a number of different assessments. And one of the assessments that comes back, it, it shows where they're at on the like the personality profiles, and, and it has a uh, kind of a circular deal. I, I'm looking for the couples that are opposite of each other, because actually that can be really healthy. The ones I get most concerned about is when they're at the they're identical to each other. That actually, I think we think in our mind, that would create a win, actually. That's not necessarily uh, a win. I like the opposite approach. It's hard. Um, Shauna's strengths are not mine. Her strengths um, are mm-hmm. great. Um, my strengths are not hers. I think when you look at that and say that, I think the as a listener and as us around the table, we've often said iron sharpens iron. We make each other better. And that's the goal of marriage. I don't know. You've heard it in the media. You said, well, you're going to end up looking like each other when you get older. I really think it happens even in our own spirits sometimes because we're being sharpened and we're being honed. And discipleship is the word we use around here sometimes is that you're actually becoming more like Christ. And so guess what? You're going to look more like each other. You're going to offer that love and grace and kindness to each other as you grow closer to Jesus together. But um, I think often we get so stuck that we're so different. We're so, it's so hard, but that iron sharpening makes us better. And we and able to not look at it as like a negative, but actually a positive. Right. I would say when two imperfect people get married, there is an imperfect marriage. So the reality is we all know it because we all live it. Being married is that there are many, many challenges within a marriage. So we can have these goals, these dreams, these hopes and aspirations and expectations of what we hope our marriage will look like. But truth is it doesn't always live up to be or meet those expectations. So the next question I want to throw out is what would you say is one of the biggest challenges? It may not have to be one that's in your marriage, but just in marriage in general, what is a a challenge that is hard for couples. Yeah, right off the bat, I, you know, something that goes along with what Angie was just saying is when you're not able to come to compromises at times, right? Because there are things that, you know, I, I, as a husband want to do. Um, and sometimes that is a sacrifice uh, for the for the family, and there are times when Francie has something she wants to do that's a sacrifice for us as well, and so we have to compromise at different times. And when we're when we're able to compromise, it's it's a wonderful thing, right? But I would say that's a challenging aspect is is strategically figuring out when will you compromise? Compromise your time, um, not just with each other, but with your with your kids um, as a as a family unit. Um, if you have kids, and it yeah. So just going along with that, I think figuring out ways to compromise to meet each other's needs. This is where I had written down the opposite, being an opposite. 
And I think that was a characteristic that was really hard mm-hmm. for Sean and I to figure out. And, and I'm saying something here on this podcast that we've said publicly, uh, we wouldn't go back and do our first years of marriage again. Uh, that was, those were hard. We don't, those were hard. It, it was interesting. We, we kind of set ourselves up for failure. Her dad was a pastor in a missionary church. My dad was a pastor in a missionary church. We we're both pastor's kids. I was going to become a pastor. I mean, we got this thing figured out. We love each other. This is good. This should be easy. We're going into a field we both really understand. Everything should work out fine. And then we realized just how opposite we are. And how opposite our families were. Uh, I remember vividly, we were getting ready one day, we were driving somewhere, and, and I said, hey, where, where do you want to eat today? And she kind of looked at me like, what do you mean, where are we going to eat today? We have food at home. I grew up in a very athletic home. We were always bouncing from practice to practice to whatever, whatever. We, we got what we had along the way. And for her, that was eating out was just not something that was common. Uh, her dad did the finances. My mom did the finances. We kind of looked at each other like, you're going to do the finances, right? And we're like, you don't want me doing the finances. <laughs> like, <laughs> this would be bad. Um, you know, so just trying to figure out the newness of this, but then uh, overcoming the expectations that we already put on each other without – really understanding how opposite we were. Yeah, we had a little bit of that right away. I was just telling Angie a little bit ago, one of our very first uh, disagreements was after the first meal we had together. And that was, we were both kind of looking over at the dishes. And so I just, I said, hey, are are you going to do those? And she looked at me and she's like, you're capable of doing those. And I was like, yeah, I guess I am. And so She's like, I made the meal. And, and I was like, yeah, that's, that's true. And so ever since, I mean, for the most part, she cooks and I clean up because I, I, nobody wants me to cook anything. It would be, it would be rough. <laughs> but so it is, it's that compromise. It's that, how can we serve each other? It's not because we are all so naturally selfish. That's just the bend that we normally, that we would have. And so how can I wake up every day thinking of ways that I can lighten her load or that I can serve her? And so I know that 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 helps. I think the key to this, though, is taking the time to learn. Uh, for me, I love photography. And because I love it, I want to learn about it. I want to improve it. I want to get better at it. And so I study it. I read about it. I, I, you know, if I have free time, I tinker around with stuff like that because it's an interest of mine. Well, that should be our marriage as well, right? I and mean, we should, and we, if, if we love our spouse, we ought, to, we ought to try to get to know our spouse better mm-hmm. and try to understand them further. And I think that that goes a long ways, but some reason that breaks down and we just go, I hate this about them. Right. Well, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I was going to go on the whole idea of knowing though, doesn't mean you change them. And I think one of the things in marriage, I think a lot of what I was going to say in my expectation is that, well, we're going to, we're going to like, like and grow and you're going to be sensitive to my needs and you're going to understand this and a man's going to understand what a woman needs and when they need it. And I just have to say, I love, I love all this stuff, but as a woman, you're sitting here going, wait, you, you don't know this already, (laughs) you know? (laughs) And I, I, and I just, I want to jump this. I just want to jump in and say that, you know, um, I think a lot of times we get into marriage and we think we can change that person to actually like do the things we like and be the things we want them to be. And reality is you can never change another person. You can only change yourself. And so when I came into marriage, I expected that, you know, Dan would understand these things about me. Well, guess what? It doesn't happen. It's hard. And so I guess one of the things I would say when you said compromise and you say opposites, I would say one of my expectations is um, that person adapting to me. And guess what? 
I've learned, I guess, a principle out of that is you cannot be your husband's or your wife's Holy Spirit. And you can whisper and you can say and you can get angry. You can do all those things. And that person's never going to necessarily change. You actually have to change. And a lot of times that change in my own heart and the change in my own way of doing things has actually initiated the desire for a change in Dan. And so I just have to point that out because that's an expectation. I think we all think that that person's going to know. And so they're just going to act like this, this great Prince Charming. And yeah. And that, sorry. I think you hit, you hit a word there, right? Like we didn't, we haven't talked about is expectations, right? And we have, for whatever reason, these, these expectations for our spouse, um, you know, like Dustin, you know, clean the dishes, right? These, there, there's, there's these expectations in our society with dif- different gender roles, right? And so those have to be broken in a marriage too. You, you have to come at it like Chris was talking about in this this team approach and, and learning each other and figuring out just what are, what are your roles to help you guys function in the best way possible? You know, whether it's finances, whether it's dishes or, or making the food or whatever it is, right? Like what are your roles? And then, and then, you know, Angie, you talk about taking expectations and meeting them with reality and then figuring out, okay, what is that reality for us moving forward? Right. And I think a good example, uh, Chris and I've even talked about this, I think maybe in some of our home classes is you take like a, like a, a deck of cards and you are adding your deck from your family of origin as um, uh, a person. And then your, your spouse is adding their deck in from a family of origin, because guess what? Our families, like Dan and I's families of origin, total opposite. Like, just like you said, Chris, yours was total opposite. Even though you were in the same thing, as far as ministry, we had, you know, my um, Dan, uh, he grew up on a farm family. I had no concept of what that, you know, family of origin was like. And then I grew up in a business home. So it was a nine to five and it was different and a lot of traveling and different things. So you bring all those things, those deck of cards together, and then you pick and choose what's my family going to be like? That's the intentionality of taking the choice and saying, Hey, we're going to, we're going to play this card in our parenting. We're going to play this card. And it's not that our parents did it wrong. It's that idea that when it says leave and cleave, you're going to cleave together. You're going to leave your families of origin, but you're going to create a new family, a new unit together that has its own identities. It could represent some from each family, but it's, it's what you are choosing and being intentional about in your home. Right. You're, a lot of times your experience of something builds your expectation of that thing. Mm-hmm. So whether it is marriage or whatever it may be. So a lot of times how people grow up and their experience of, of marriage really is what they see from, from mom and dad or however that goes. And so when they go to get married themselves, that's, they carry a lot of those expectations into marriage as well. And I, I mentioned this in, in the blog, but one of the things I've, I've heard is that a lot of times, and I've done, I've done this same thing, is we'll look at marriage like we look at a car. We really want it to work, but when it breaks down, we don't really want to always be the ones that are have to work on it. And so looking at marriage, what are like, what are some ways, just some practical ways that we can choose to invest into our marriage? Cause it's not just about identifying the issues in ourselves or in each other, but it's choosing to then invest in a solution because I think that's a, an important piece of this as well. Cause we can all go back and forth with our spouse about, well, if they just did this, or if he just did that, or if she just understood this, then it would be a lot easier. Well, if we actually look at both of our selves in the mirror and say, okay, but how can each of us invest into a solution that helps make the marriage better? So I just wrote down a couple things that, you know, and you guys can add on or, or take away from these if you want, but they're just a couple things that I had, you know, 
through our marriage and experience just are pretty practical ways that I think can can help, you know, and they're not they're nothing profound or they're nothing earth shattering, but they're just some things that I feel like have helped us in our marriage. And the first thing I put just is just to enjoy each other. And again, I know that that's very basic and you might be like, well, of course, but I think as time goes on, this can be one of the first things to go, you know, just Mm -hmm. going back to what were the things that you did when you first met? You know, like how did you date each other? Are those things that you're still continuing to do? Or now with kids or busy schedules and jobs have has dating kind of gone out the window? Has sitting down and just truly enjoying each other, has that has that gone away? So this is something that I think is a practical way that we can you know choose to invest in our marriage. I talk about this a lot in MOTS is that we can prioritize everything. We can even prioritize our kids. And I tell the women, I said, okay, so you can do all that, but do you prioritize your husband? And I think it's just an intent. When you say enjoy, enjoyment means like an intentional amount of time you're giving to something or something. Because right. I'm going to, I enjoy working out. I enjoy reading. I enjoy going for a walk. I'm going to make time to do those things if I enjoy it. So if I'm going to enjoy my husband and actually like to spend time with him, I have to carve out that time. And so, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but as far as us, our life does get busy. But there are two times of the day, the front end and the back end, that we really make time. It has to do like sitting down and looking each other in the face and talking and um, finding out what happened during the day. And then what what does the day look like? Both of those things. And so I think when you say enjoy, it could look totally different. A lot of times it's, um, you know, just a carved out piece of part of our day. I agree with that wholeheartedly. I think one of the things that that gets confused in this day and age, in a lot of people's mind, is define dating. We, you know, I think we have this mental idea that that means we got to go to dinner and a movie, mm-hmm. and we're kind of stuck in a rut. That's not how we dated. I mean, we we did that some, but we, you know, we went out for walks. We went out and did other things. For for Shauna and I, that's not necessarily the way we date. Like what we do is try to look at at a team approach. So So that means the groceries need to be gotten this week. Let's go do that together. But what it is, is it's time together instead of just saying, well, you go do that and I go do this and I'm going to do this part and you're going to do this part. We try to figure out how to do life together. And and I think dating should be equated. Maybe we should change the word dating Dating, to time. I agree. Do you spend time with your spouse? That's the end of the day. I think what matters the most. Yeah. So um, 12 years ago, we bought a hot tub and we spend time. The kids know. We say, hey, you know what, guys? We're going into the hot tub. We talk to each other. This is we talk about this in months. Will you say that one more time for Shauna? Say that just real quick. Say that (laughs) one more time. Yeah. (laughs) Interesting. Yeah. So it's very interesting because we actually sometimes you're like, how much do we use it? We use it all the time, all year round. And our kids, they know that, hey, mom and dad, they're out there talking. And like last night, Cole walks up from the field. He had been in the combine and he was late and he goes, hey guys, you know, and we were like t- in there talking and he goes, and he comes over and then the dog comes over. We're like, okay, everybody, we were talking about something and, and I said, go Cole, it's time for bed. And, and I say this is that you have to, it doesn't matter. Your kids are going to come and they're going to interrupt your time. You, you know, you're going to have a job, a, a call that's going to interrupt your time. You just have to carve it out. And I say that it's so important. We get up early. We drink coffee together. If we don't drink coffee together, it feels like I didn't even see Dan during the day. Like seriously. <laughs> So, and, but I say this, go ahead. So, co- so coffee in the morning or time with Dan? What if it had to be? Well, he would probably say that okay. the coffee might win, <laughs> <laughs> but it is like, I agree with you, Chris, a hundred percent. 
Cool. Uh, another thought that I had, just just to encourage each other. I mean, again, I know that sounds really basic, but it's something that I think we can take for granted in a marriage. And I think the longer that we're married, the more important this one actually is, because words matter. We know that. And words matter, especially with the ones that we love the most. And words hurt when they come from the, you know, the ones we love the most sometimes. And so I think the way that we use our words with our spouse is really, really important. So whether it's just a simple, simple text, it's a call throughout in the middle of the day, not to ask about, hey, did we do this? Or when do we need to do this? But just to say, hey, just thinking about you. Hope you have a great rest of your day. Something small, I think like that can be beneficial as well. I think as women um, coming from that uh, perspective, encouragement's really important in real form. Like when you say a text or care or even a, a compliment, and I want to even push it a little further to say, hey, you're doing a good job or thank you for this or a gratitude of um, what's going on in life and thanks for doing that. And Because a lot of times as women, we go through our life and our day and we feel very much that it's all just this to-do list. But when we recognize that we are serving our families and our husband recognizes that they're, we're, we're serving and we're doing it with the right heart, I think that gives a lot of motivation. Yeah. And then I would just really embrace each other. I mean, as we've already kind of talked about, we've, you know, we've mentioned the opposites and the compromise and the whole idea of just learning to embrace that about each other in a marriage is super, super important as well. I mean, just something that I think that we're constantly learning. I mean, because we're going to change. We're not going to be the same person we were 5, 10, 15 years ago. We, we're going to change and we have to learn to adapt to each other in those ways. Embrace the pace, right? Mm-hmm. There you go. Mm. <laughs> Dustin, as we begin to draw this to a close, how would you put a bow on this topic? Because I feel like marriage is something we could talk about for hours at end because it's 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 telling of a, of a relationship that we have kind of horizontally, but also vertically, a relationship with God, you know, and how to live in that relationship and, and our relationship with our spouse, our critical relationships that we have. When it comes to putting a bow on this topic of marriage, how would you summarize the hot take? Right. I, I think especially if we're going to look at not just having a healthy marriage, but having a spiritually healthy marriage. I mean, I think we have to look at our example. And I think we would all agree that that example for us, for the kind of love that we should have in a marriage is, is Jesus. And we see a really neat passage of scripture in Ephesians 5, 5 verses 1 and 2, where it says, imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. Live a life of love by following the example of Christ. That he lived and he offered it as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. So just this idea that that's the example of love that in marriage we can follow. You know, whether no matter what it is that these healthy elements that we're trying to bring in or characteristics that we're trying to have in our marriage, none of it will matter if we are not trying to focus on the example of love that Christ has given to each of us. We cannot negate the fact that marriages have tr- troubles. They, they are challenging. They have seasons that are really, really hard. Uh, one thing we like to encourage people to do is find counseling. Get a counselor. Everyone needs a counselor. The reality is we need people to talk to. We need mentor couples. We need people to walk through life with. And, and we would encourage you in those seasons of life, find somebody, whether it's a pastor, whether it's a licensed counselor or therapist, find somebody who will help you process life individually, but also I think as a couple from time to time. Uh, Other summaries we talk about is serving each other, finding those types of ways to continue to build that into your relationship. 
And we want to let the listener know you're not um, alone in your journey on this. And one of the things that we want to uh, lay out, and Dustin did a really good job in his blog, and you can find his resources at the bottom of his blog, but we also have built out resources on our at-home page on our website so that you can go. We have some great podcasts. We have some great books listed in there, opportunities to kind of grow not only um, in your marriage, but in relationship with others because, um, and in relationship with God, because we have to have a, he- to have a healthy marriage. Like Dustin said, we have to be spiritually healthy too and to grow in that way too. So find that at at home on our Walkie MC uh, website. At the end of the day, we encourage you to find people who are for your marriage. Surround yourself with that. It seems like there's a lot of negative uh, people in our lives, whether it's for the guys. Guys are talking negatively about their spouses, uh, whether it's ladies talking negatively about spouses. Try to find people in our lives who are going to speak positive, speak life into your relationship, even in the challenging season, to be able to put your arm around each other and say, hey, how are you fighting for your marriage? Instead of fighting each other, fight for your marriage, fight together and push people towards health. Here at Walk EMC, we're for you, and we would love the opportunity to continue to walk alongside you, even if that means in your marriage, whether it's at a strong point or if it's in a challenging season, we want to walk with you. And so if you're looking for a church home, you're looking for people who will meet you on this journey, we we would love to play a role in your life. You can find us at walkemc.org. You can stop in if you're local. We would love to have conversations with you. Until next time, we wish you all the grace and peace that God has to offer you.